conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Katie Schaefer, and we are talking all about She-Hulk and some general MCU talk at the end. We will be diving into spoilers, so if you have not seen the show, it's up to you if you want to listen to this. But Katie, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. This is something really fun. There's not darkness to this much at all, so it's an, it'll be a good fun episode. Yeah, I think for me, the fact that this was a little longer than some of the other stuff we've seen, you know, I, I believe mm-hmm. Moon Knight was only six episodes, a few other things have only been six episodes, I think maybe some of WandaVision was eight. But yep, you have certain characters that are being introduced now in the TV shows, and it's not really explained how they're going to truly wind up in the movies. Obviously, you have the whole connection here. And we saw plenty of other characters got lots of Wong in this. Yes, for which is delightful. Reasons I'm not really clear on, but he seems to be the <laughs> character that is kind of bouncing around between the franchises now, sort of like the franchises within the MCU. You can kind of just squeeze him in anywhere and it works. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Marvel is really leaning into, okay, here's some secondary characters that you like to see, so we're just going to give you more of them. You have this whole storyline with She-Hulk sort of going viral for the worst reasons and double standards galore (laughs) in this. Yes. You get so much of Abomination, too, which I was not expecting in the slightest. (laughs) <laughs> and the Tim Roth character, like he's like where he's not abomination at that point, where Emil, we get a lot of Emil. And I was just delighted with how they let that character play out so perfectly uh, in Tim Roth's wheelhouse. And I think that was not the way that they necessarily would have gone with a different show, but that this is. She-Hulk, it allows it to be that. And I think that, you know, the thing with this is, you know, it's a legal comedy and the comic book is very lighthearted. So it fits in with that. And I I think it is a good MCU interpretation of the comics. You know, I think this might be one of the first times that we're going to have some differing opinions on things. Oh, really? Oh, I'm interested to hear. Because it's not that I actively dislike this. Okay. But I think I have hit the point where whenever Marvel tries to do something new, they kind of do it in a weird way. Like I didn't mind all of the breaking of the fourth wall stuff in this, but like there was practically a whole episode on Kevin Feige being a robot. Yes, yes, the the finale. And I didn't love that. I was like, I get it. You're kind of making this joke that this stuff is coming out like as if a machine is just pumping it out and they're making jokes about the visual effects people. Working on another show already. Yeah. And I'm like, they actually treat their visual effects people poorly. So yes, (laughs) like this isn't funny to me. (laughs) Yes, that part of it was very cringe, I think. Um, And just the Kevin Feige bit in general, like, I get what they were going for, but it does kind of 
feel like it takes the gimmick too far. I think that was my biggest problem with the show as well, is that I, I really liked how they'd been breaking the fourth wall and kind of playing back and forth in this space. And I don't necessarily have an issue with her being like, this is too much storyline and her little speech that she gives. But how they get to that little speech is yeah, a little too convoluted. And I think very much speaking to the fans, to the to the to the fan bros, you know, like it felt a little too directed at the negative responses that Marvel stuff gets when it isn't, you know, Iron Man or something like that and doesn't fall neatly into the boxes. Mm -hmm. It gets a, a totally different kind of hate for when it does fall into the boxes or when it doesn't. But this specifically is about like pushing back on those statements. And I agree. I don't love that. It's a, too much. Yeah. Like the whole writer's room scene and the whole robot thing. I was like, I get it. You're kind of poking fun at yourselves. But at the same time, it felt like a waste of the finale. And I know we're jumping very far ahead here, but I do want to talk about some of the things that I did like, though, because I thought all of the stuff with Daredevil was really fun and really good. I think because of the way that the sort of main plot line played out, they focused so much on her dating life that mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of took away from other aspects of the character we could have learned more about. Yes, I can see that. I think it didn't, I think they played, for me, they played it out enough throughout it. And then they, there were a couple of really interesting story twists in this. And mm -hmm. I think the dating life then being used to prove that she is indeed She-Hulk and she has rights to the name, I think is a, clever yeah i thought a clever gambit I thought that was good but when it then became like this bro festival at the retreat that she happened to be staying at i was like this feels very strange like to me it felt very predictable yeah with the josh guy and all of that like and how nice he was to her and how he perfectly fits into this thing that she is looking for and this acceptance that part, I was like, oh, okay, so he's trying to steal her blood, and douche bro is the ultimate bad guy. Yeah. Like, to me, all of that just was very obvious, and I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll do something interesting with it. I feel like that whole thing, they kind of dropped the ball on. Yes. And then it's not made up for by the fact that she then goes and meets Kevin Feige and all of that. Like, that is that does not make up for poor storyline there, in my mind. Yeah, because I didn't mind the whole sort of seeing her go on a bunch of dates and then using that in the courtroom to absolutely humili right. humiliate herself. And, you know, it's like, okay, she really only had a connection with what, let's call it three people, even though Josh obviously had ulterior motives for that. Mm -hmm. But it was like, if any guy did this, no one would care. Oh, right. Well, I think that you mean if any guy dated all of those men i think yeah <laughs> i think the film try or the show tries to play it off as it's like that these are the guys she dated not that she dated three guys but just that these mm -hmm. guys are like you know the first one is a muscle head douche bro the second one is very self-obsessed like i think it's trying to make fun of bad dates 
and right, right, but I just mean like in regards to the ones like she spent the night with. It was like oh, oh, one yes. guy from the dates. Yes, one guy she met at a wedding who had ulterior motives, and then Daredevil, which no one other than I think like Nikki knows about. <laughs> right, she knows about the Daredevil. Did you with the guy, <laughs> the devil? We did. Tell me all about it later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just like okay, if any guy had gone on that many dates and slept with like two people out of all of those people, no one would care. But it was like blown up to be this like whole viral thing. And it it was just like, oh, with the intelligentsia, like making fun of her in the video. Yes, that I think is the the very end of the of the bit of their thing where they say, and she's a slut. Yeah, I was like, like, "Mm." what? (laughs) And that's where it hit me of like, once you find out that that's where it really cemented in my mind. Okay, this has got to be that douchey tech bro. Yeah. Because um, this is like the incel playbook that they're they're showing us here is, oh, you rejected me? Well, I'm going to get back at you by ruining your life. You know, men of Gamergate, that's what Gamergate was at its heart, along with being a lot of other things. But it wasn't as gracefully handled as it could have been. Yeah, exactly. It just didn't play out as well as it could have more what I was looking for my favorite parts in the show are like where she's having that battle over her name with Titania who's and like why is Titania so upset with her like I really would have liked more about that which I guess we get in the wedding episode somewhat but it feels like that should have we should have gotten more and then dealing with being a lawyer for superhero idiots like um Mr. Ribbit Pants or Leapfrog. That's it. <laughs> Leapfrog. With oh the most God. obvious fucking superhero de- or super supervillain layer of all time. That bit was just great. Like that was where it was really enjoyable where we see her being a lawyer and doing the fun law comedy and then reacting for the superhero side of it when, oh, he's actually a bad guy. Like that was all the stuff that I really enjoyed and that I would have wanted more of. Like I hope it in season two that's more what we focus on and we get away from whatever it is they were doing in the end of season one yeah i'm actually really curious if we do get season twos of a lot of this stuff because i know a bunch of it we won't some of it like i know a season two was announced for loki but yeah i haven't really heard anything about timeline on that i assume next year wandavision it was always meant to be a one yeah i've think there's rumblings that we will get a moon knight season two okay i think i've heard rumblings about that because oscar isaac is down to play the character again he said and they left it open with that last episode Mm -hmm. so i think we will get that and this you know this could always lead up to a force or something Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it is just the fact that not only marvel but disney in general has been hitting us with so much content like for instance i haven't even started Andor. me neither because when she hulk ended i was like i need a break from all of (laughs) this weekly disney stuff in general and i liked this it was fine i didn't love it i didn't hate it i'm not offended by it (laughs) like it's not no a show that i'm upset that I watched, but I am starting to feel that sort of fatigue with a lot of this stuff. Because if you don't keep up with everything at this point, you're going to be missing huge chunks of stuff. Like if you had not watched WandaVision before watching Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, 
a lot of that movie would not have made any sense. And I think right. early on, even though Marvel had connected everything, you could still watch something like Captain America, the first Avenger by itself mm-hmm. and not needed all of that context. I'm just so tired of it being so much all the time. I literally did not watch Thor Love and Thunder in theaters because one, I moved. Yeah. And I was in the process of like, packing and driving to a new state and unpacking and you know all of that fun stuff that comes with moving to a new state so I just waited until it was on streaming which was probably the better move because it wasn't very good which I was kind of bummed by because I like a lot of Taika's stuff and with She-Hulk being a new character and having ties to Hulk already I was like okay how are they going to do this and it feels like they were like okay We're going to introduce She-Hulk. We're going to catch you up on sort of what Bruce has been up to. We're going to give you Wong and Daredevil and all of these sort of ridiculous, I don't even know if you could call Leapfrog a C-list character. He's like a Z-list character. Oh, no, there are tons. (laughs) Like, there are tons of those. And that for me is actually one of the things I like is that all of those characters that you see all have basis in marvel comics like mr mr immortal is um is a mutant Mm -hmm. and he's a character i think he might i was watching this with my husband who's much more widely read in comics and he's apparently in the great lakes avengers okay so that's like that's the level he's at (laughs) and like man bull and all of that's like those are all real marvel characters and for me that's the best way to include those kinds of things is as oh here's this random one-off because the marvel comics has more than enough to populate the whole mcu three times over probably (laughs) yeah it just it just felt like the show was trying to do a lot yes with the characters who weren't she hulk as well yes that i agree and i think i would have preferred more character development for She-Hulk because there was a whole scene where Nikki and the other lawyer were talking to all of the wives of this guy and it went on forever. (laughs) It was a very long scene and I got the point of it. But then, you know, like spend more time with She-Hulk instead of the 10 wives of this guy who just keeps faking his death. And, you know, even the stuff like when they went to go get the superhero suits made, like I was Mm -hmm. so invested in that guy and what he's been up to, especially once Daredevil came into the picture. And because then it's like, oh, okay. Because we know who used to make Daredevil suits from like the comics and stuff. And it's not this guy. So he's kind of new and interesting. And we do get a little more time with him. But yeah, I don't know. There was just something missing from this that would have made it feel more like a She-Hulk show versus, hey, we're using She-Hulk as this vehicle to touch on a bunch of other things in the MCU right now. Yeah, as she's the catalyst for a bunch of stories and we get some of her, but not... And I think that's Ribbit and Ribbit. (laughs) Ribbit and Ribbit is the guy's terrible catchphrase. Yeah. I finally found it. Um, But and I... I don't watch nearly as much Marvel stuff as you because I just don't have the time. Oh, <laughs> and so I try. And, and I try to limit myself. Like, over the years, I'm like, okay, I just need a break. So, like, I haven't watched Andor. Don't know if I will because I'm not really that interested in the story. I think I, the only thing in recent years 
that is Marvel related that I have not watched other than like the the cartoons and stuff that release on Disney, which I still watch like Spider-Man, the Disney XD Spider-Man show, because it had Peter and Miles and Anya and Gwen and like, yes, yes, that that was a fun little thing. But movie wise, I think the only thing I haven't watched is X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, don't. That one's real bad. That's the thing. Like everyone who I know who likes Marvel and has seen that movie was like, you don't need to do that. That and Dark Phoenix. You don't I've seen Dark that Phoenix, either. unfortunately. I know. <laughs> Didn't need to. I think I've finally gotten over this thing of needing to complete everything. Because like not having seen Apocalypse, that's the only X-Men movie I haven't seen. And I'm just like, whatever. I don't care at this point. Oscar Isaac being in it cannot get me to watch that movie. I mean, his body is there, but it, it, they, the character that they are, the, everything they've written for Apocalypse is so both not Apocalypse and gives Oscar Isaac no scope like he can't move his head at all his face is just caked in makeup and it's just yeah I I maintain there is a good movie in there somewhere (laughs) but it was all lost in the editing they chose the worst every time they made an editing choice they made the bad one yeah and so you just get this ugh, it's just a glut speaking of editing I do like the editing in this I think they did a lot of fun creative things with it I think it was just the story where it kind of fell short for me because it was like She-Hulk and friends and not really She-Hulk. So Not enough She-Hulk for you? Yeah, honestly, because we spend so much time with all of these other characters and I'm just like, I kind of care more about her and Nikki and what they're up to, you know, like them being friends, I think was the most compelling part of this. And like I said, the stuff with Daredevil because I personally enjoyed not all of the Daredevil show. But definitely the first season and bits and pieces of two and three. Mm -hmm. And I really like Charlie Cox in the role. So all of that worked well for me. And I kind of was like, okay, well, maybe we should just have had more of that. Obviously, he wasn't going to stay the whole time because Hell's Kitchen is not where She-Hulk is. No, very cross the country. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, this had its moments for me. But otherwise, I was just like cool that's a thing i watched (laughs) i could see how you'd feel that way like it's not trying to be nor is it top tier comic book material like comic book movie or show rather but i think for me it works because it tried to be more slice of life and i i liked that like i really liked that part in um miss marvel i loved that and that show did a much better job of like having other characters and expounding the mar expanding the edges of the marvel universe a little bit without deviating too much from kamala's story yeah i really enjoyed miss marvel and a lot of that is because i really really enjoyed the comics that it was based on this felt like it wasn't necessarily based on any one specific she hulk run instead they were like here's this character We're going to have her, you know, do her lawyer thing, as she does in a lot of the comics. But we're going to sort of put the MCU twist on it. Whereas with Moon Knight and Miss Marvel, those really felt like character deep dives. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this is not. This, I agree. Right. And you can say the same about WandaVision. But WandaVision also did that character deep dive while doing something creative with the whole, you know, comedy show kind of thing. That's like a wholly different yeah thing on its own what they were doing there and definitely i think the most successful of all the marvel shows 
so far. Right. And, you know, this still didn't feel exactly like the MCU in the same way that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier did, because that just felt like it was another Captain America movie without Captain America, really. Like, (laughs) it had those MCU, like, sort of stereotypical things about it, whereas this, they tried to do something different. And I do want to give them credit for that, especially with WandaVision and this, and the way they sort of dove into the psychological aspects more in WandaVision and Moon Knight. I think that was handled really well in those. And then just how they handled, honestly, how culturally different Miss Marvel is. And I know we're obviously Mm -hmm. straying away from She-Hulk at this point, but I feel like we kind of went through the things we liked. But before we dive too far away from She-Hulk, is there anything else you want to bring up that you liked in particular? I mean, all the performances. I have to say that really made up a lot for me. Tatiana Maslany is is a fabulous actress. Yeah. And, and this is a difficult physical performance because she's like only playing part of it physically because there mm-hmm. was another much larger woman who was like the full body stand in and all of this. So th- there was a lot going on. They did do a lot of CGI too. Yes. It's not like she's Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda where it's, her acting all the time, even if there's a bunch of CGI flying around her, like Maslani has to really sell everything even through that CGI. And I think she does a great job and a better job than Mark Ruffalo at that kind of thing. Like she's much more expressive with her voice in particular. Yeah. She's more animated. Yes. It both literally and <laughs> metaphysically. <laughs> so it's, I think that, made up a lot of the shortcomings for me because I was just like, oh, I just love her. And then their willingness to throw in just the most ridiculous characters. Like Madison, I know that that is such ridiculous nonsense, but just the joke, it was worth it for the jokes for me of just how... I needed a little less of it. I needed it to be pulled pulled in a little bit. You need to dial down. (laughs) I think, and part of that I think is because I watched this like just kind of as... Because uh, I watch a lot of war movies. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of serious stuff for my podcast and for Danger Close, if anybody's interested. Check it out. So when I get to watch stuff like this, it's like, oh, okay, I can just kind of relax and enjoy it. I don't need to be evaluating it for its, you know, emotional depth. And what is it trying to say about Vietnam this time around <laughs> and that type of thing? So for me, I kind of look at these at Marvel things as a respite. Whereas for you, it's been your job for so long that I can see how you just you kind of run out of patience and can see the uh, the seams, as it were, a lot more than I can, or you're less forgiving because you've put up <laughs> a lot more of the content. <laughs> Whereas for me, I'm like, eh, whatever, it's fine. I like it. It's a look funny drunk lady. I like funny drunk ladies. Yeah, I, I think my version of that right now has been going back and watching a bunch of the Scooby-Doo stuff. Oh, that's... Because I started from the very beginning. I started with Oh my god. The original Scooby-Doo from like the 60s. I haven't gone in like perfect chronological order, but I watched like the new Scooby-Doo movies, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, and now I'm watching mm. stuff I actually hadn't seen before because it's from like 2010s and through the present day, so I just never like oh my, that caught was any of it. When my son was watching it. Exactly. So you've probably seen some of this stuff, but like right now I'm watching Be Cool Scooby-Doo, which is the one that has like the sort of different Gravity Falls kind of animation style. Oh, right. I've seen still of that yeah and that is my i'm gonna turn this on so i don't have to think 
shows right now, basically, or those are my turned on and don't have to think about them shows lately. So yep. I think I have two more Scooby-Doo series to make it through. So I, I got I got plenty of time for the turn off the brain content. <laughs> yep, the happy brain content. And I will say, as someone who's terminally online, I did appreciate um, all of the jabs at the incel culture and um, the show being very unapologetic about that Jennifer is thirsty and <laughs> all of that stuff. Like, I loved that they... We're like, yeah, this won't sit well with a chunk of the fans. Like, they're not going to like this mm-hmm. show f- because we're including this specific thing because they're kind of the ones we're making fun of. And I was like, good, that's ballsy. That's not a thing that Marvel would have let you do all the time. So I was, I was appreciative of that, even if it does fall flat sometimes. And they took it, I think, they made that a little too central to the premise of the season. Yeah. It, it was a little too much of the main focus. It's like, okay, we get it. Yeah. And and to a certain extent, once you... And again, this might be because I am terminally online. Yeah, I know all of this stuff. I already know this. I already know this. So you, yeah. you can use the shorthand joke for me. And you don't need to go into great detail <laughs> explaining like what 4chan is, which is essentially intelligentsia. Like that for me, it was like too much, too much time. Let's move along. Make your funny jokes and let's get into... Let's go back and tell a different, you know... About the, let's talk more about the idiot who put jet fuel in his in his rocket boosters. You know. Yeah, yeah. I would have preferred more of that stuff, like the random Marvel villains. Yeah, I want to see legal cases, man. That's what I came to the show for—is legal comedy. Yeah, I think we could have had more of that and a little less of abomination and the intelligentsia stuff because there was so much abomination in this. I yeah, I did like the episode and the scene with uh, the therapy session. Yeah, that was I thought fun. that therapy session scene was really strong. Again, kind of random villain thing going on there. Yes. Like especially when it came full circle with the guy that like tried to attack Jen with his friends and mm-hmm. he was there. Like that that part was fine. But just like the whole abomination hosting the intelligentsia thing and yep, like, that- I was like, what how all of those were bad (laughs) like i would have just preferred a different finale i think the show would have been better with a completely different finale yeah it felt like it didn't match what emil had been saying the entire like point leading up to that it it was very strange the finale was certainly a choice and i think it kind of spoiled a a lot of stuff for me because i was just like what did I just want? And yeah, I, I get a why people. Swing and it kinda... Yeah, I, I get why people like it because it's different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like She-Hulk, especially people like you and I who have read some of the comics. I haven't, admittedly, read like a ton of She-Hulk, but I've read some of like A Force and stuff like that that she's in, and mm-hmm. it does make me want to dive in and learn more about the character through the comics now because I felt like we didn't get quite enough out of the show, but. Yeah, I have hit the point of fatigue with the MCU. And honestly, it's kind of superhero stuff in general, because like at the time we're recording this, Black Adam just came out about a week or so ago. And I have no interest in going to go see it. And I think The Rock is great in a lot of stuff. Like I will watch him in oh, all the Fast and Furious same. stuff, you know, like Hobbs and Shaw, fun time, not not very good necessarily. <laughs> no, but I saw uh, Rampage. I okay. reviewed Rampage and I did, um, what was the, the skyscraper movie oh, okay. that he did where he flies a helicopter in the trailer or whatever. I can't remember the name. I, I watched the one 
I, was it called Central Intelligence or something? It was him and Kevin Hart. Yeah, oh, I didn't see and that And it was one. like this buddy but, comedy thing. And it, it was just like, yes. you watch the rock movies to kind of have a fun little time. But I was like, this is DC and it's got like that dark tone to it still. And and it's it ties in, you know, like I didn't see Shazam because I this for the same thing. Or, you know, I just don't. I was like, you know what? Just not interested. Shazam was a little more fun, but then it like turned into Zack Snyder world <laughs> like by the end of it, which is fine, but it's not for everyone. Yeah, and I don't care for the Zack Snyder world. I'm excited. You know, it just was recently announced that James Gunn is taking James Gunn and Peter Safaris. I'm not 100% sure on that pronunciation of the last name, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, they're going to be... Peter Safram. There it is. Okay. They're going to be taking over. So that'll be interesting. Yes. And I think I'm interested to see where they go with the DCU with that because James Gunn is much better at planning stuff like that and allowing things to breathe. You know, like he, he lets the characters breathe, whereas Zack Snyder is much more, he's interested in very specific type of story, yeah. whereas James Gunn has a lot of more, um, I think he lets characters have a little bit more scope. Yeah, I mean, the Suicide Squad was fun. Yes, I agree. Peacemaker, a little raunchy, but fun. <laughs> I, I haven't yet watched that, and that is one that I am actually pretty excited for, because James Gunn got his start with uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Troma, which is, raunchy is not the word for it. It is, it is, it is a lot. That's fair. A lot. That's the word for the DC stuff, because it's like, they let him run with it, but it's not like... It's not trauma, it's not trauma yeah. stuff, but it, you can definitely, even just in the previews, I was like, I can see how he used to do that work, because it's still just in there just a little bit. When he gets to do it, he will throw it yeah. in there, and I like that salty edge. Like, I think that he's good about it, and it doesn't feel exploitative or gross. Yeah, so... I've kind of dialed it back on superhero stuff. Even the stuff I liked, like I, I still have not watched the third season of Doom Patrol. And I liked Doom Patrol. It was something different that DC was doing. Mm -hmm. I have really just kind of let myself stop being a completionist <laughs> with all of this stuff. And Good. maybe part of it is because I'm wrapping up this podcast now. So I don't feel like I have to stay on top of every single thing so I can do an episode on it. I do want to watch Andor at some point. Again, not Marvel, but Disney, Star Wars, and I am kind of like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Because I've heard yeah. really good things from like people whose opinions I pay attention to on the internet. I've heard the same about Andor, that it is really good. Yeah, and it's just, you know, October is spooky time in hyperdrive. <laughs> so right. I've been right. watching a bunch of horror movies. I started The Midnight Club on Netflix. I'm halfway through that. That's on my list. Is it good? I'm enjoying it so far. And, you know, I will watch whatever Mike Flanagan does at this point, like no questions asked, pretty much. I still haven't even checked out Cabinet of Curiosities, which just dropped from Guillermo del Toro. And I yes. want to watch that still. October is going to be over by the time everyone is hearing this, but I'm just like, it's it's spooky time for the rest of the year. Yeah, mine goes, goes through November too. I don't like doing Christmas movies. I get roped into it every year and I'm just like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. 
No. <laughs> I have limited patience and no Hallmark Christmas or Lifetime Christmas movies, you know. I can only watch Elf so many times. <laughs> oh, God, no. I am looking forward to that David Harbour horror, Santa horror movie. That looks fun. I like stuff like that. I, I might watch that. We'll see. If it's not The Nightmare Before Christmas, I probably don't care. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> or Gremlins. It's just not the holiday. Or Gremlins is good, too. Gremlins 2 is a bad batch. <laughs> I did watch Sorry, that I recently. Wanted... It's a funny movie. It's Gremlins so fun. are great. But, Katie, I, I think that wraps up everything I have to say about the MCU right now. I'm tired. All right. I'm tired. So tired. You look like you're ready. <laughs> I've been... But instead, you're going to go to the movies. <laughs> I've been perpetually ready for a nap for like the last month. I bet. And I don't know how to nap. You're eventually going to get the nap and you're just going to wake up the next day. Like You'll go to be like, oh, I'll have a little 10 a.m. snooze. And the next day at 10 a.m. you'll wake up like, oh, finally refreshed. <laughs> Look, I am not editing, hopefully. Good. Maybe aside from editing this for the next like handful of days. So sleep is the plan. Sleep and do some videos because I also have not done videos in a very long time. <laughs> oh, God. Well, maybe only do one or something because you deserve some relaxed time. I think I'm going to record them and then and then not edit them or have a friend edit them. <laughs> there you go. That's a good plan. <laughs> have someone else do it. But anyway, right? I have about five more episodes of this podcast coming at some point. I've kind of just thrown the schedule out the window as well with this move. So, Katie, I don't know if you will be back, but I might need to tap you in again for something here. So happy to do it. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Don't know what I'm doing right now. But thank you for joining me to talk about She-Hulk and the MCU. And thanks for having me. <laughs>